Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with Episode 80 of the Today's Electrical Economy Podcast Series sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. Champion began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's podcast, we'll look at some of the largest trophy jobs that have broken ground over the past few months and check out some weekly economic indicators that can give you a sense of where the U.S. economy and the electrical market may be headed in the near future. These five weekly indicators are the initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rate count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring of today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2023. For the week ending September the 16th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 201,000, and that is a decrease of 20,000 from their previous week's revised level. The four-week moving average was 217,000, a decrease of 7,750 from the previous week's revised average. The U.S. unemployment rate for the country jumped to 3.8% in August, and that's up from 3.5% in July. We had nine states with decreases in unemployment claims of at least 200 employees for the week ending September the 16th. Indiana was down 2,725 claims. California was down 1,174 claims to 35,364. Virginia saw its claims drop to 638. Iowa was down 450 claims, Kentucky down 369 claims to 1,228, Nebraska was down 236 claims to 596, Missouri down 232 claims to 2,451, Wisconsin was down 217 claims to 2,843, the state of Michigan down 204 claims to 2,250. The five states with the biggest increases in unemployment claims, according to that September 16th data, were New York, up 1,458 claims to 13,349, Georgia, up 1,357 to 6,113, South Carolina, up 1,016 to 2,730, and Texas, up 844 to 13,309 claims, Oregon, with up 542 to 4,006. An interesting leading economic indicator for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data every week at www.aar.org. For the week ending September the 16th, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 489,790 carloads and intermodal units, and that is up 1.8% compared with the same week last year. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 37 weeks of 2023 was 17,110,687 carloads and intramodules, and that is a decrease of 4.6% compared to last year. That decreased percent is pretty similar to what we've been seeing for a good chunk of this year. However, the total freight rail traffic for the week is still sitting well above the 2023 weekly average, and that average is 466,857. Now let's take a look at the individual freight category statistics. Six of the 10 carload commodity groups posted an increase compared with the same week in 2022. These areas posting increases were motor vehicles and parts up 14%, petroleum and petroleum products up 10%, metallic ores and minerals up 5%, and non-metallic minerals up 4%. The biggest decliners were grain, which was down 13%, forest products down 7%, and chemicals down 3%. 
If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a good sense of just how many of these large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. The total U.S. rig count continued on its downward trajectory. It is down for the week. It was down 11 rigs to 630, and that is a 17.5% decrease from the week ending September 22nd compared to last year. Texas lost five rigs, and overall is down 50 rigs compared to last year's total, and that is a 13.8% drop. Texas, New Mexico, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and North Dakota, these states alone account for 80% of oil, oil and gas drilling activity. When you look at the data for the specific basin accounts for in which ones account for most of the activity, the Permian, the Eagle Ford, the Haynesville, Williston, Marcellus, Cana Woodford, and DJ Niobrobra account for 79% of all activity. The price for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate Oil or WTI is $89.61 per barrel. It's been spending quite a bit of time north of $9 per barrel over the past week to 10 days. For the year, the average cost to date for a barrel of WTI is $76.86. I was listening to Squawk Box recently on cable, and an analyst said that she expects oil prices to increase over the next few months. And said one of the reasons for that is a decline in the prime real estate in the Permian Basin, which is the nation's largest. He said it's getting harder to find that real estate, and because of this, prices could go higher. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it is a leading economic indicator for future activity since copper is used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets for copper because of its use in wiring cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices have been averaging about $3.74 on the COMEX Copper Exchange over the last 10 days or so, and for the year, they're averaging $3.92 per pound. The chart shows their year-to-date average and also has a line for when they hit the $4 per pound level. Copper prices spent quite a bit of time over $4 per pound in the first five months of the year, and they briefly topped $4 per pound in August, but it's been a while since they've hit that range. One of the favorite parts of my job is following the large construction projects that are breaking ground or are hitting the drawing boards. Over the past few months, there's been no lack of large construction jobs valued over $100 million over. That's despite all the uncertainty over the general economy, but there's quite a bit of construction activity in some of these large categories, as we'll see. Electrical Marketing Newsletter offers a database of construction projects as part of a $99 annual subscription at www.electricalmarketing.com. We just include projects of $1 million and over to keep things manageable for electrical marketing staff. Although when you consider that electrical work typically accounts for 10% of total revenues on a construction project, even a smaller project definitely offers some large business opportunities. The photo in the slide is a rendering of what will soon be one of the largest construction projects underway in the country when it breaks ground. It's the $10 billion Brightline West high-speed passenger train link from the Los Angeles metropolitan area to Las Vegas. It's going to be a 218-mile-long rail link that will carry trains operating at speeds of more than 186 miles per hour from Rancho Cucamonga in the Los Angeles metropolitan area to Las Vegas in just two hours and 10 minutes. That is half the time it would take you to drive that distance. Let's take a look at some of the other large jobs. At last week's IDEA eBusiness Forum, Josh Bone, the Executive Director of Electra International, 
the research arm of the National Electrical Contractors Association, or NECA, said that there are currently 300 projects that are either planned or underway that are valued over $1 billion in total construction value. That kind of blew my mind, but you know, certainly when you do track the projects that are breaking ground, uh, you do see a $100 billion project, but that is a huge amount. Uh, some of the largest projects that I've found over the past few months are shown here on the slide. The, the top 11 projects shown here, total is a combined total contract value of over $50 billion. These the largest of them all right now, broke ground in July, is the first phase of the Rio Grande LNG facility in Brownsville, Texas. That's valued at $12 billion. We mentioned the Bright, Brightline West high-speed train line at $10 billion. A lot of activity in EV factories or EV battery, battery plants. This one plans were announced in 2022. Between four and five billion is in Hyundai Motor Group and SK in Bartow County, Georgia. Some big construction going on at uh, JFK. There's a lot of airport work all over the country. JFK is one of the largest projects. $4.2 billion for Terminal 6, is, and that broke ground in February. A large electric utility line that is going in that broke ground just uh, in August is the Transwestern Mission Transmission Project in Wyoming, Colorado, Nevada, and Utah. We've got another large uh, EV plant that broke ground in Jefferson Township, Ohio. That's the Honda LG Solutions EV project, and that is valued at $3.5 billion. Also, another project underway now. One of the largest, $3.1 billion, is the Metro North Penn Station Access Project in the Bronx, New York. That broke ground just late last year. It is currently underway. Uh, we have a large project of mixed use, about $3 billion in uh, Apex, uh, North Carolina, mixed use, broke ground in February. Our XRs Viridia makes a mixed use project in Frisco, Texas, uh, just outside of uh, Dallas, which has seen a lot of big uh, construction going on. That's a $3 billion project uh, that broke also another December groundbreaking. And looking in uh, more recently, the breaking ground, according to the Dodge Construction Network, is the uh, dock at the Pearl Harbor Naval Shipyard, a $2.8 billion project, and that is in Honolulu. And also another large one breaking ground in August, and this is in Siler City, North Carolina, the John Palmer Manufacturing Center for Silicon Carbide. I was also able to find at least $12 billion worth of EV factors or EV battery plants that have breaking ground or on the drawing boards in 2023. Uh, we mentioned the top two, two of the largest ones at Hyundai plant in Georgia, was, which was over $4 billion. We mentioned the Honda pr uh, project in Ohio, over $3.5 billion that broke ground in February. Also in that field, and this is more recent, broke ground in August in New Hill, North Carolina, the VinFast electrical vehicle plant, a $2 billion plant. VinFast is a Vietnamese uh, electric vehicle manufacturer. I believe the company just went public in the last three or four weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we've got a large project that broke ground uh, in September at Terre Haute, Indiana, the Clayco factory to build EV battery components. That's $1.5 billion. In uh, Tucson, Arizona, we've got a November groundbreaking anticipated for the American Battery Company. Uh, we've got an $810 million pro project that uh, were announced back in uh, December 22, Florence, South Carolina, the Envision AESC battery plant to supply BMW EV factory. Uh, also, Weirton, West Virginia, got state funding for a project uh, for a renewable battery plant that's $760 million. Moses Lake, Washington, uh, broke ground in April, a $650 million battery plant. As you can see, these battery plants are all over the country. You know, they're not just in the industrial Midwest or down south. They're absolutely uh, all over. And uh, also in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, the $500 million, the Apex One Sustainable Lithium and Ion Battery Plant. 
And we've got also in uh, St. Louis there, the ICL EB battery factory that is broke ground in August 2023. That is a $400 million project. Certainly data centers have been an active part of the construction economy over the past couple of years and no different right now. We've, I can see several billion dollars, probably over six billion I was able to find data centers breaking ground or on the drawing boards in 2023. Some of the larger ones were valued over a billion dollars. The prime data center campus in Elk Grove Village, Illinois, that is in January broke ground, a billion dollar project. In Sandston, Virginia, plans announced 2022, two $500 million segments of the Facebook data center. In Omaha, Nebraska, $932 million project, building three and four, the Blue Sky Data Center that entered the planning stages in May of 2023. Umatilla, Oregon is, saw some plans announced for a 100 million megawatt data center valued at $520 million. We had an Amazon data center, January 23, groundbreaking in Hilliard, Ohio, valued at $515 million. In Sterling, Virginia entered the planning stages to December 2022 Vantage Data Center, $500 million. Avondale, Arizona entered the planning phase in May at a $400 million data center. Uh, also, Westfield, Massachusetts uh, entered planning stages Jan uh, January 23, $325 million. Looking at, again, Virginia, we know that that's uh, very much the hotspot just west of uh, Washington, when you're going to Fairfax and Loudoun counties, is the single biggest area for data centers in the country. But in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is a bit south of the Washington Metro, there was a project that entered the planning station in 2023, Phase 5 of the Northern Virginia Gateway Data Center. That's $320 million. Also in Virginia, entered the planning station in June, Stafford, Virginia, Old Potomac Church Data Center, $280 million. And in Chicago, entered the planning stage January 23. The Illinois District Data Center, $275 million. Uh, we're also was a, another in Fremont, California. Plans announced February 23, free, uh, again in Fremont, uh, 990 megawatt data center built on the former site of the U.S. Gypsum Corp uh, plant. And in Waterford, Connecticut, plans announced in February 23, uh, NE Edge proposed a 1.5 million square foot data center campus at the Millstone Nuclear Power Station. The school and university market was comparatively quiet over the past year, maybe 18 months, but uh, over the past the nine months or so, it seems, it seems a bit of a rebirth. Uh, one of the largest projects I was able to find, and this was uh, September 23, the uh, developer being selected for the modernization of the Austin School District. That's a $2.4 billion project. Another large over a billion dollar project at University of California, San Diego is now building a 2,400-bed residential village and student center in beautiful La Jolla, California. Uh, on the campus of Harvard, which has seen plenty of uh, construction going on, this is actually just uh, across the river, across the uh, river from the main campus, the Harvard Enterprise Research Campus, that's $750 million in Alston, Mass. The University of Michigan, another big project going on there, plans announced in February for a residence and dining hall, that's a $500 million project. Uh, I think it was last year they broke ground on a huge hospital project also in Ann Arbor. Uh, looking on to Boulder, breaking ground in August, the Boulder Valley School District Modernization Project is billed at $350 million in total construction value. Uh, plans announced in August 2023, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, uh, near and dear Jayhawks to my heart. Uh, that is a very big project, $335 million for what's called the University of Kansas Gateway Project and football stadium renovation. And that will be uh, breaking ground, I believe, after the football season this year. Moving out to the uh, West Coast, 
entered planning stage in January 23 in Los Angeles at the University of Southern California campus. It's a discovery and translational hub laboratory building. Uh, Richmond, Virginia uh, plans announced uh, the Virginia Commonwealth University campus renovation, $253 million. In Lexington, Mass, uh, a large uh, high school project, $240 million that entered the planning stages in July. Uh, going back down to North Carolina, breaking ground in September, $180 million project, North Carolina State Integrated Sciences Building. That's pretty sizable as well. And on Texas, the Texas A&M Fort Worth Campus Law School, that is valued at $150 million. It broke ground in June. And another large one, over $100 million, Edwardsville, Illinois, broke ground in September. That is a health and science building on the campus of the Southern Illinois University. Well, that wraps up our podcast for today. And a special thanks to the folks from Champion Fireglass for sponsoring the, the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2023. Can't believe we're up to 80 episodes already and we couldn't have done it without the folks from Champion Fireglass. And we do thank them. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data you'd like us to cover in these podcasts. Or if you're, if you're looking for some more information on the construction products that we mentioned or some of the other ones in the database that we have uh, electrical marketing, it's part of a $99 annual subscription there. And you can go to electricalmarketing.com for that. I will be at the NECA show at the end of this week. And if you do see me there, I'd love to chat with you. Uh, please flag me down as I'm walking the aisles there. Until then, we will have our next podcast on October the 9th. Uh, so hope you stay healthy, be happy. Look forward to talking with you in two weeks.